Isn't Christmas just a joyous occasion? Wonderful time. The memories. I think we talked about that recently. Uh, different ones have talked about it recently. Those memories of yesteryear. Those traditions that uh, carry on. And while they may be mundane to some people, they're special to the people that do it. Wonderful time. Wonderful time. I'm not so much uh, experiencing a lot of joy this morning myself. I usually, probably 90% of the time over the last, what's it been, 28 years of pastoral work, I put it all together on, a, on Saturday night. And last night was no different. I knew what I was preaching on. I knew, but I put it all together. And I hit the button, the arrow that goes back to save it. And it went back to blank page. I'm not as smart as Edward. Maybe if I'd have been Edward, I could have salvaged it. But I know that he didn't want me to call him at that hour to help me out. And it was gone. Everything was gone. And I was so tired that everything was gone in my head too. And so, I know that I'm missing stuff. But you'll probably say amen. (laughs) Let it be so. (laughs) Oh, well. Even though I was tired, I laid in bed thinking, you know, what in the world did I do? What happened? I don't know, still don't know. So, you know, we've been looking at the subjects of Advent over the last few weeks. And while Advent actually ended last night... I'm going to conclude the Advent season and the preaching of the Advent season this morning with another subject. You remember that Advent is a preparation for the coming or the arrival of, and we've talked about that, the arrival of Christmas, and here it is, the coming, the birth of Christ. I can't imagine what it was like on that first Christmas morning, whether or not it was December the 25th. It doesn't make a whole lot of difference. We celebrate it, and we worship the King, that Christ child, just as the shepherds, the wise men, Mary and Joseph did on that first Christmas. Preparation for the coming and the arrival of of Christ in our worship service today. And that is a, a very valid point for us. Every time we gather that we prepare ourselves for the coming of the Christ. Anticipating His coming. To be with us. To worship. And to celebrate Him. But also, the, the coming of the Christ in His second coming. I don't know all about those details, but something's been said about splitting the eastern sky, and we, we like to, you know, bask in that reality. 
think about a, an unclouded day and he'll come again. We don't know if it's going to be in the morning, at noon, or at night. We just don't know when it's going to be. And it really makes it important for us to be prepared because he is coming again. You say, well, it's been said now for 2,000 plus years. It's exactly right, and we're closer now than we were one year ago or 10 years ago or yesterday. We're closer to that point. Jesus is coming back. Advent, preparation for the coming and the arrival of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Anticipate that coming. Trust that you are as well. Two Sundays ago, we looked at the word hope. It's wonderful to have hope. You don't have to look very far beyond your own life to realize that people want and need hope. While you and I may take it for granted because we've grown up with it, we live with it, we experience it, it's hard for us to really understand somebody that is hopeless. But there are people all around us that do not have hope, and Jesus came to give us hope. Jesus came to bring peace, peace on earth. That was one of the things that was said when he came. There would be peace. And that peace is not of this world. It is not of this earth. It does not come from the circumstances that are present in a person's life. But it comes from a deep settledness within the heart. Only from and through the gift at Christmas. Last Sunday we looked at the word love. And how important it is for us to understand love. Not the way the world looks at love, but the way that God does. And His destiny is already reiterated. That reality is seen and visualized and realized when we think that God gave. And as she said, He gave and gave and gave. And He still gives to us today. This morning I want to look at the word joy. Just a little three-letter word, isn't it? It's short. Joy. The dictionary that I've been using tells us in the very first definition that the word joy is an emotion that is evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Now, that's the definition that the world would give for joy. Because joy without the, the joy giver, Jesus Christ, is only, can only be based in those very things. Based in circumstances. Based upon successes. Good fortune. Or the prospect of possessing what I desire to possess. I don't really think that that's what we're talking about when we talk about the joy of the Lord. I don't believe that that's what the psalmist spoke about when he said the joy of the Lord. I don't think that that's what Christmas is all about, even though the gifts are numerous underneath the trees, or maybe were underneath the trees. Joy is more than that. Another definition that is in the dictionary that's supposed to describe joy is a state of happiness. A state of happiness. Now we're getting closer. 
A state of happiness. The third definition is a source or a cause of delight. Another definition for the word joy is to experience great pleasure or delight. So we have to stop and ask ourselves here as we look at these definitions, is joy simply an emotion or is it a state of being? Because if it's an emotion, then it surely is dependent upon the, the winds and the waves of, of our circumstances, what is taking place around us. But if it's a state of being, then it can have something deep down, settled in the heart, that no matter what the circumstances are, there is a joy that is found deep within the heart. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all the people. It's available for all the people. Now it's expressed in a different way in a verse that we've looked at just in passing over the last few Sundays. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him. For all the people. The word that is translated joy from the Greek language means calm delight or gladness. And then there's a little side note to the definition that comes out of that word. And that is that it has to do with something that is great. Greatly or exceedingly. It's not something that is just slim or or something that is thin or something that is shallow. It's not a shallow stream, but it's got a much deeper source. Peter, Peter called it joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable. Have you ever found it difficult to explain the joy that is deep within the heart? That's what Peter's talking about. That that is the kind of joy that is expressed through the coming of the Christ. That Jesus wants to give us a deep joy. It's a joy that can only be found... That is only found in being restored to a right relationship with God our Creator. A right relationship. Do we understand that the world is alien to God? That there is a relationship that is broken because of sin and this joy cannot be experienced until we have been brought back into a right relationship. With our creator God. The songwriter. Said my. My sin. Oh the bliss. Of that glorious thought. My sin. Not in part but the whole. Is nailed to his cross. And I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh my soul. 
That is an expression of the deep welling joy that comes from the reality of that relationship being restored with our Creator God. It's a joy that is rooted in hope. When the faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. What a hope that we have in the reality that Jesus is coming again and the reward that he brings to his followers. That hope that we have in Jesus Christ produces a joy that is deep within the soul. It's a joy that is rooted in peace. When all around my soul gives way is what one songwriter said. But this other one said, when sorrow like seas billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. That's a peace that in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the waves, there is a deep settledness of reality of serving Christ and joy that he gives through his peace. It's a joy that is rooted in love, though Satan should buffet. And I believe this morning that there's not a single Christian that's under the sound of my voice that hasn't experienced that in the past year at least. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and shed his own blood for my soul. If you need the words to the song, turn with me to Psalm 154. It is well with my soul. Let's sing it together today. When peace like a river attends way when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever thou hast taught me to say it is well with let's go to verse number two though Satan should buffet try
is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. And Lord, haste. It's a deep, indescribable joy that comes from the gift of God. Paul said in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. On this Christmas Sunday, have you received that gift? It's for whosoever will. It's for all of us. Don't turn it away. Don't turn him away. Receive that gift. It brings hope. It brings peace. It brings love. And it brings joy. No matter the circumstances of life, a deep, settled wellspring of joy within our heart. Thank you for your attendance this morning. Thank you for your attention this morning, and I wish you all a Merry Christmas. Jordan, would you dismiss us in prayer?